Police One Academy is leading the way in high-quality, affordable training for officers nationwide. Your department can take advantage of more than 1,000 HD videos and 175 full-length courses in a robust learning management system. Training is certified or accepted for training credit in 35 states. Join the industry's most officer-friendly learning platform with more than 60,000 subscribers. To schedule a free demo, go to policeoneacademy.com forward slash policing matters. Hello, and thank you for clicking, and thank you for listening to Policing Matters, the Police One podcast. I'm Doug Wiley. Hi, this is Jim Dudley. Jim, you know, we, we were talking um, offline here before the podcast uh, segment uh, began here about drawing your firearm, drawing your service pistol, and how that may or may not constitute a use of force under Graham v. Connor. Um, my... Uh, well, I'll quickly quote from a, from an article. It was written a few months before I came on to the job here at Police One. It was written by Ken Wallentine, and it was way back in 2008. Quote, the traditional use of force continuum, and I'll note that that's not really a word we use much anymore, begins with, quote, officer presence, recognizing that the authority and presence of a uniformed officer may introduce some compulsion into a situation. He writes, drawing a gun adds force, and pointing a gun at a person adds even more force. It, to my knowledge, at least from the agencies that I've had real kind of contact with, most of those agencies, the act of drawing the service pistol from the holster and or pointing it at someone is generally considered a use of force in their policies and procedures, and you've got to write paperwork on it and everything else. You pull your gun, you're going to write paperwork. Mm -hmm. um, I would argue that you need more information than that, and you have to understand the context and the purpose for which the gun draw is happening. For example, you're at a traffic stop, your hinky meter goes through through the roof, you draw your pistol and keep it behind your, your leg, behind your thigh, while you're approaching the vehicle, just to make sure you're going to be ready. All right, Take that one extra second away from your response time or your, your reaction time. Um, you have your gun out at a low ready when you're doing a building search. Uh, I don't really believe that constitutes a use of force. You know, having your pistol at the ready in the event that someone draws on you or, you know, violently attacks you, I don't think that's a use of force. I think that's logical. I think that's, you know, good, you know, practical policing. Um, I, you know, what are your thoughts on it? Where do you come down on, on just, just drawing and then we'll get into drawing and pointing? Just drawing first. Sure. And, you know, I've, I've, I've heard the criticism and I've, I've read reports where police officers have said that they've drawn their guns four or five times in their 20 or 30 year career. And that those numbers are just startling to me because I could, I could think of, and maybe it was the culture in, in the department that I came up with that you had your gun out at the ready uh, when you were doing a building search mm -hmm. for suspects Absolutely. in the dark, mm -hmm. um, when you were going into a situation of a call of uh, armed suspect, armed robbery, barricaded suspect, um, all these, these um, high-risk situations where uh, having a gun um, either outside of your holster or at the ready so that it could be seen by the suspect not necessarily pointing it at them yet, mm -hmm. but that in those situations, I believe um, police officers can quell um, violence before it occurs with uh, the brandishing of a firearm. Mm -hmm. 
And I've seen it happen. And I've heard suspects say that they had access to weapons that they would have gone for if they had not seen the officer with their gun at the ready. So that sounds to me a little like you're saying that is a use of force. No, I, you, you talked about it being uh, a show of force and compulsion at a yeah. scene. Yeah. I hope it's compulsory yeah. or that it com- compels people to comply. I certainly hope so. Yeah. So if you say, yes, that's a use of force, then okay, I'm with you. Yeah. Um, if I can uh, get to a situation where a suspect uh, has access to a weapon and whether they use it or draw it or not depends on me having my my weapon out, then I'm going to have it out. Yeah. I I vote for that. Yeah. So I think where it becomes, in my way of kind of cobbling together some logic here, if the suspect sees the gun, that may be the tipping point to use of force. If you just have it out and at the ready and and you don't see them and you don't, and they don't see you, but you're prepared, I don't see that as use of force. Um, But some, some, some agencies say if you draw at all, you're writing paperwork, yeah. which to me seems really absurd. It's a waste of time, and it, it actually it puts officers' lives in jeopardy because they're less likely, perhaps, to 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 ready themselves right, for the fight. Right, right. You know, for example, again, at the traffic stop in the building search, or you know, when in a in a uh, in a foot pursuit, you know, you kind of round the corner. You you want to pie the corner, right? But you want to have. I'm kind of pantomiming here for people who can't see me, you know, gun at the low ready or in the sewel position and you pie the corner just in case that guy, gal, who you're running uh, after has decided to come turn around 180 degrees and point a point a gun at the corner. Sure. To me, it's when you it's when you do the quote brandishing thing. Yeah. You know, when someone goes, oh, shit, he's got a gun. I'm going to put my hands up. Right. That might be the tipping point to force. Well, I'd, I'd say eight times out of 10, when you do pull your weapon and point it at somebody, there's good reason. And you're probably going to write a report anyway, anyway. because the guy's going to be, your gal's going to be in handcuffs. Yeah. Um, hopefully. Uh, I've heard the critics, though, say that, that officers who have a gun out have a tendency to use them. I find oh, that no. wholly false. No. That uh, I'd say over the course of a year, Uh, Per agency, there are hundreds, if not thousands of times when weapons are drawn and not used. So I'd love to see a study uh, on that. I mean, we're getting um, we're getting studies uh, done now with the advent of the um, the body cam Mm -hmm. uh, where we didn't have uh, access to information um, except for anecdotally or in response to surveys. But now. Um, we could routinely take uh, body cam footage and uh, gauge reactions of police officers and, and how well they work. The idea of pulling a weapon um, and using it to, to quell violence before it starts, I think, is a good one. I think the number of times pulled, um, th- that there is no relation to what happens afterwards, that, the, that there is a propensity to, for a gun pulled to be fired. Yeah, I, I don't think that there's any direct correlation. Let's just do a hypothetical. Officer draws 100 times in a two-year period of time, all right? Just kind of arbitrarily shows that. Uh, that The probability that they actually uncork rounds is about 100 to 1. I would suspect that maybe even 200 to 1 or 300 to 1. There's a very, very, very slim chance that just that drawing your weapon that many times is going to 
cause you to uncork one. Sure. Now, can you have an AD? Can you have a negligent discharge at times? Sure. If you're if you're not indexed on the side of the slide, then bad things can happen. Yeah. But you got to have good tactical um, skills with with the sidearm. And if you do, uh, and you're and you're pointing the gun in a safe direction again, Sewell or low ready or or you know again behind your back, just to be safe and to be ready for the potential for violence, that's one thing. Now, you know, I could tell you that you know if, if you if you have a subject that's willing to continue um, uh, in in the face of a firearm, you have a bad, as, as the president says, a bad ombre in front of you. You have someone who either A, is a suicide by cop, or B, is someone who's willing to fight you and fight you with any and all means necessary to to, to beat you. Right, right. right. So uh, it, to me, the, the use of a firearm in the, in the, in the, in getting a subject to comply with lawful commands, perfectly legitimate. Yeah. But probably does qualify as a use of force. Now, again, going back, simply drawing the gun. No, I don't. I don't agree with that. Right. I think there are a lot of other uh, issues that influence um, the behaviors and the actions, and and proximity is indeed one of yep. them. And so, uh, once you do make the decision to to reach for your handgun, pull it out of the holster. Now your hand is filled, and in a case where you might be grappling with somebody, now you've only got one hand instead of two. Right. You've got to make that conscious effort to reholster and engage. Um, that was also the big drawback. Um, several years ago, we had this debate about uh, pulling the shotgun out more for bank robberies and things like that, where there was a potential to um, have a greater advantage with a shotgun rather than um, a long-distance uh, gunfight with a handgun. Well. Uh and for me, that's where the, the AR-15 or, or yeah, some... Yeah, but we didn't M4s, have them then. Yeah. We, yeah. You know, yeah. In, in 1980, we had the Remington yeah. 870 pump, and that was all she wrote. Well, that's certainly better than a pistol. Yeah. Uh, no, no, but then, but then you've got this club in yeah. your hand, and it's loaded, and unless you leave the safety on or jack all the rounds out... It's it's as accessible to the bad guy as to yourself. So right. yeah, and, and you know the old adage is you know, there's always a gun at every call. Mm -hmm. You know right. it's yours. Uh, close by just doing one quick reader uh, here from Ken. It's an excellent article, uh, and just want to let you know that here's how he closed it out. He says, the reasonableness of all law enforcement use of force is measured against the standard outline in the United States Supreme Court decision Graham v. Connor. Um, in Graham, the court prescribed three questions to measure the constitutionality of a particular use of force. And this goes to whether or not you should be pulling your gun at any given call. Um, first, what, what was the severity of the crime that the officer believed the suspect to have committed or to be committing? Second, did the suspect present an immediate threat to the safety of the officers or of the public? And third, was the su suspect actively resisting arrest or attempting to escape. So these are the things that, you know, any, any use of force or any drawing of a firearm uh, with the purpose of pointing it at a person, um, those are the questions that you need to ask and answer of yourself. Um, go back to your tactics and your training, um, trust your tactics and your training, and be safe when you're out there on the streets. Uh, thanks again for listening. I'm Doug Wiley.